0: may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. At St. George's, I very seldom get to talk about my dog in my sermons, uh, my dog Chewy, but I got to mention him last week here, and I get to mention him here again today, so I'm going to have to figure out how to work him in at my own church because my dog's awesome. <laughs> and so on Monday of this past week, I was doing some yard work and around my house and I was pulling weeds. And by the time I was done, it was dark and I was pulling weeds and trimming bushes uh, in the dark with a light in one hand and my hand in the ground in the other. And the next morning, I awoke, and I was all itchy on my forearms and my hands, and I c- contracted um, I don't know how many of the poisons we have, the ivy, oak, and sumac. We, I think we found a little bit of all of it over there. And so um, my week has been dealing with that, and I've had a couple of nights where it was a little bit hard to sleep. Oh, also, during the peace, I'll just wave at you all. <laughs> um And so one of the evenings this week, I um, I was actually at my house, and my vehicle was not at my house. So I th- I was going to have to go get it early in the morning, the next day. Uh, but I w- it was during the middle of the night, on the third watch, if according to scripture, about three thirty in the morning, and I was asleep on my kitchen floor, because there's nowhere to sleep comfortably, and my dog Chewy was sitting there right beside me, sleeping. And I wake up, and I look at the clock on the oven. It says 3.30. I thought to myself, well, I'm awake. I'm not going to get to go to sleep anytime soon here. So I might as well just go walk uptown and get my truck and drive it back. And so um, as I made my thoughts vocally to my dog, I said, hey, Chewy, you want to go for a walk? And at 3.30 in the morning, something that none of us can do. No, I don't think humans are possible to do this. uh, To go from a deep sleep to hear the word walk. (laughs) uh, To have your eyes open so fast. And you get up on your fours and your ears are at attention. He's got big floppy ears. And uh, he's like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Let's let's do this. You know, I want to go for a walk. And so we... End up walking at 3:30 in the morning uptown, which is about a mile from our house, uh, the square in Medina, and we got my truck and drove back and uh, got a couple of more hours of sleep before I had to get up. Um, but my dog Chewy, uh, who's awesome, um, he in some ways uh, shows the pattern and he sort of models the faithfulness that we find uh, conveyed to us in our gospel reading this morning. Uh, Chewy was solely focused on his dad, and uh, he was ready for whatever his master was going to ask of him, and whenever, regardless of the time of day. This was in the middle of the night. And so our gospel reading, along with all of our other readings that we had this morning, uh, all deal with this uh, issue, this notion of faith, of faithfulness. In our Old Testament reading from Genesis today, uh, we hear about Abraham and God's promise to Abraham of him giving a son, uh, offspring, to Abraham and Sarah, even though it might not seem like it was going to happen. Abraham was 75, uh, or Abraham was 99, Sarah was 75, it didn't look like this promise was going to happen, but God assured him that he would indeed be faithful. In the Old Testament, uh, particularly in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, uh, we see God's promise come to his people that he calls to himself. Uh, He promised them land. He said, I will bring you to a promised land. Uh, He promises offspring, posterity, lineage, uh, that would ultimately be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And through this covenant that he makes with his own people, he establishes a relationship with them. Uh, This relationship that he calls us into through his covenant, through his promise, uh, through his mercy and grace, through his faithfulness, Uh, This relationship that he calls us to uh, calls us to take on the very character of God himself in our own hearts and in our own minds, in our own very lives. Uh, We read uh, the famous passage in the book of Leviticus uh, where God calls his people to be holy, for I am holy. And we might think to ourselves, because we know that none of us are holy, we're only holy because uh, God says so, and he made it that way through Christ. So we might think that this might be too lofty or something that's way too hard for us, or it might even be a way uh, of being holy in a way that we don't expect. But I think that we see this true nature of the character of God, the nature that he calls us to bring on to ourselves here in the gospel reading from St. Luke. And so, reading from uh, verse 35 on here, of of chapter 12, uh, Jesus says to his disciples and to the crowd around him, Stay dressed for action, and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast. So that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the Master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. So I find it interesting here that. Jesus talking to his disciples and and the crowd that has gathered, likens those who follow him uh, to be servants, to be slaves, waiting for their master to come. A servant and a slave, uh, we don't have the outward slavery here in America. It's more of a hidden slavery uh, dealing with, um, we see human trafficking as a horrible problem. We see even perhaps minimum part-time wage jobs without any kind of benefits as a form of perhaps legalized slavery. Um, in the first century, slavery, um, being a servant, you were the lowest person in the household. You were essentially one who had no rights to yourself at all. You were one who whose decisions were made for you. So your will... Uh, essentially was not. Somebody else's will for you would end up being what you would do. And so that is, um, in one way, to think about being a slave or a servant, and it doesn't exactly sound uh, too encouraging here, does it? But something uh, is much more encouraging, and actually actually, uh, perhaps one of the most amazing things that we can think about when it comes to our God is that while he calls us uh, to be servants of him, servants of the Lord in this community, this world, this fallen world in which we live, uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. Jesus calls and refers to his disciples as this, but he also himself says, I will become your servant. I am your servant. I have come to take the lowest form of humanity, take it upon myself, so that I can be known. I can be made known in this world because one of the things that God's covenant makes is relationship. And so we read about it in Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 2, where Jesus humbled himself and was obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so Jesus becomes a servant. He becomes a slave for humanity, uh, so that humanity, all of us, who God calls into relationship with himself, uh, may be freed from the powers of sin, evil, and death. We can be uh, freed to live a life of freedom with God, with one another, a life in which we can uh, share with this world who does not know God. And so this passage could perhaps be read uh, appropriately near uh, Good Friday and Easter. For Jesus says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door or when they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Uh, Being dressed, being ready for action uh, takes us back to the great event at the exodus of the Passover when God called his people to be dressed, uh, have the supper, have the, your Passover lamb slaughtered and spread the blood on your doorpost. Be ready and be dressed to go when the time comes. And at a moment's notice, uh, when I come to liberate you, you must be ready to go. And so this passage alludes a back to the Exodus, calling us to be ready uh, for when God calls us to do what he is asking us to do. And so Christ also was obedient um, to the Father's will when he gave himself up to, to the suffering of death on a cross. He was obedient, uh, even though this was a difficult and hard thing to do. He was obedient to the Father. When the Father called him to do this, he did it. And so as Christ was obedient to the Father in all things, uh, for us and for our salvation, to free us uh, from the slavery of sin and death, He calls us to take upon that very character of himself in ourselves, to be those who live uh, selflessly, sacrificing ourselves for the sake of others, with self-giving love. Uh, He calls us to be ready at a moment's notice to, when we hear the word of the Lord speaking to us, to say, yes, Lord, I will do that. I will get up and go, just like Uh, my dog, at a moment's notice at 3.30 in the morning, said, come on, let's go. He said so, let's do it. And so as Christ was obedient to the Father, may we also uh, be obedient to the Lord when he calls and when he asks. Uh, May we get up and may we go and may we love the Lord, may we love each other in this room, and may we serve this world with the good news that we can be freed from the slavery of sin and death. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.